The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the seventh chapter. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. The gospel lesson from Luke today is what I think you could call a typical miracle. There are so many miracle accounts that we have of our Lord during his ministry, and there's always sort of a basic template that they follow. There's a person that has a problem, and then that person has an encounter with Jesus, and then it ends with Jesus healing the person and people going and telling everybody about Jesus. But this miracle, of course, is a little different. It's not an injury that the person has. It's not an illness. The person's dead. They have died. The widow's son is no longer living. But, of course, we know, even with that, no problem for Jesus not even slows him down. Same as all. He shows his power from God. He shows his mercy by healing, by raising the widow's son at Nain, just like he healed so many other people. And then folks went after seeing this, and like so many other miracles, they glorified God and gave a good report of Jesus and all the surrounding countryside. But there is a unique point to this healing miracle in the gospel lesson, something that stands out, something that is a little bit different than most of the others. It's kind of subtle. It's easy to miss if perhaps you weren't listening carefully. And it is this. It's our Lord's first words to the woman and when he says them. I want you to imagine yourself being in the woman's place. And imagine her situation. Her son is dead. Her only son. She has no husband, like the widow from the Old Testament lesson last week and this week, to take care of her. It's a bad way that she is in. Now, another thing that's unlike the other miracles, she didn't seek out Jesus. Did you catch that? They're in the middle of a funeral, a funeral in which the whole town turns out, so you can be pretty sure that if it wasn't at least a tight community, the people were certainly sympathizing with this woman in the dire straits that she was now in. But no, she didn't seek out Jesus because of his reputation, and when he was there, she wasn't the first one to speak. She didn't say, my son is dead, would you please help? No, Jesus meets the funeral procession. He stops it, and he is the one that speaks first, saying, 
Stop crying. Those seem kind of like cold and callous words in the situation, wouldn't you agree? How many of you have ever gone to a visitation or a funeral and told the person they shouldn't be so sad? Now, of course, she is weeping. And of course she should. Her son, whom she loved, her future, her protection, her provider, was dead. And death? Well, that's not a feature to humanity. It's not a feature to creation. We all know from Genesis, death is a bug. It's not what we were made to do. It is not just a part of life as a matter of course. God didn't make us this way. Death is unnatural in a biblical sense. God made us to live in full fellowship with him, not to die. We only die because of the first rebellion. We were not made to die, and moreover, it is unnatural. It is hard for a parent to be the one to bury their child. So in the initial seconds, the initial scene of this healing miracle, our Lord's words, do not weep, seem a little bit off. His timing is messed up. It's out of order at best. Think of it this way. If you were to put this together, you had all the pieces of this encounter from Luke, and you got to arrange them in order without knowing what verses everything fell in, you would think that Jesus would say, Son, I say to you, arise. The boy would rise, and then he would turn. And after that, after she could see it, say to the woman, do not weep. See? With your own eyes. You have no more reason for crying. You can stop crying now. You can see he is alive again. That's good timing. That makes sense for what this woman was going to, through. But here's the thing. That's actually not the best timing. Our Lord's timing with this healing miracle is just the way it should be. Now, I think in one sense, you could dismiss having this entire discussion and the sermon along with it. You could say, you know what, Pastor? Jesus can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to do it. Moreover, that's precisely what he did. He, can, he just knows what's going on. Why even have the discussion about when he said this, when he did this? Or you could say this. Well, sure, maybe he got the order a little bit wrong. He said, don't weep before he gave her a reason to stop crying. But no matter, it would have been only a few seconds or maybe a couple of minutes tops between when he said, don't weep. And sure enough, she could see with her own eyes, she had no more reason for weeping. But I think that is to miss the parallel and the lesson for us and to us in our own lives. The way in which we can be encouraged, not just by this healing miracle of our Lord, but by his timing, by how he carried it out. We have a lot in common with the widow at Nain. A lot in common. Of course, there is the standard thing that she was a sinner just like you and me. There is the obvious thing. She had dire needs and sadnesses and sorrows in life, which we all, each of us, know in measure and in turn. 
But there is this commonality, this big one, and that is this, that we live in the gap. Like for those few seconds for her, however long they were between Jesus' word and the fulfillment, that's where we live in our lives every day of our lives. We live between the gap of God giving us a promise of something beautiful, something wonderful, something sure, something magnificent in the future that we have not yet seen the fulfillment of. For her, the gap was just a short period of time. But for us as Christians, that gap between promise and fulfillment is a lifetime. Think of it. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. That's what Jesus said after his resurrection before he ascended into heaven. Like, do not weep. It's a specific word from the Lord. But without seeing its reason and its completion fulfilled. For the woman, it was just a stranger coming up to her, telling her on the worst day of her life to stop crying, with nothing else in that moment to go on. And for us who are living as sinners, dying sinners, sick sinners, in a dying and sick world, we have this word from God about a future salvation. And that's all we have. We have the promise that we will partake of in the supper about the forgiveness of sins. We have so many promises about being adopted into God's family, about a future that awaits for us at the heavenly banquet and the new heaven and the new earth. Promises, but our eyes don't see them yet. Like the widow at Nain, we have the clear word, but no completion in those first seconds. No visible confirmation of what God has said to us. We have only the fork in the road. Do we believe it in the moment or not? Do we accept that the word, do not weep, and everything that is entailed with that actually has grounding, actually has surety, actually has a reason to follow it or not? Of course, we know the lesson is clear. We can take the word. We can take the promise from God. We can take what he says now without seeing its fulfillment and completion and say, yes, I believe it. Yes, I accept it. Yes, I know this in my heart to be true. We can take comfort in the Lord and his promises even as we do in this gap without seeing it come quite yet. The widow in that moment that Jesus encountered her when he stopped the funeral dead in its tracks, she probably didn't know that, or at least that's speculation. One would think that in the moment she had her doubts. A strange man coming up, stopping my son's funeral, let me just have this day. And he's telling me to stop crying. But it didn't really matter what she thought in the moment because it became apparent very soon to her that she could have and the first sound of those syllables, do not weep in her ears, she could have stopped crying, and it would have been okay, because the reason for that crying was taken away. Her hope in hearing those words, her hope that they would actually carry something with them, something substantial, that the reason for the crying would go away, that hope 
was turned to joy. And whatever hope or faith that she had in Jesus' words was completely vindicated. And dear friends, it is the same for us. In our lives as Christians, we are living and walking by faith, not by sight. We are seeing through a glass dimly. But someday we will behold face to face. We will see that the promises that we believe in as Christ's own flock, as his sheep, is not empty words by a stranger spoken just to make things seem worse because it's something so beautiful outside of our grasp, but that indeed he that says these words to us keeps his promises and keeps them and gives them to us in full. So let's live in that gap gladly. Let's share that joy that we have in the hope that we have gladly with others, not just on Mission Sundays, but every Sunday and every day of the year that we know that even in the midst of this world of sorrow and pain and sadness and death, that there is hope. Hope from one who has shown love to people in great need. Hope from a one who shows that he is more powerful even than death itself by destroying death by his own resurrection. And hope for a one who is the fulfillment of every promise of God and is its yes for us in this life, at the end of our lives, and at the resurrection when we begin eternity. To the same Jesus Christ be all glory now and forever. Amen.